Welcome to the American Physical Therapy Association, Michigan, Oncology Rehabilitation Special Interest Group podcast, where we share clinical knowledge, expertise, and groundbreaking progress in oncology rehabilitation. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back. My name is Autumn Kissman. I'm a first year physical therapy student at Oakland University, and I'm helping out with the APTA Michigan Oncology Rehabilitation SIG. And today we're going to be looking at the June 2021 article review. So the APTA Michigan Oncology Rehab SIG mission is to serve members of the Michigan Physical Therapy Association who care for patients following a cancer diagnosis through touchpoints of education, patient and professional advocacy, collaboration, research, and innovation in oncology rehabilitation. The vision is to become a statewide leader and national model for an oncology rehabilitation special interest group for physical therapy professionals and to progress interdisciplinary collaboration within the state and a national organization. It is well documented that there is a lack of diversity in the populations that participate in health studies, research, and clinical trials. Research participants tend to be people that are from the privileged majority, specifically white, heterosexual, cisgender, urban living, higher income, and from high-income countries. This bias in research contributes to significant health disparities, which are defined as preventable differences in the burden of disease, injury, and violence, and in opportunities to achieve optimal health. These health disparities disproportionately impact persons in marginalized groups. These include people of color, women, persons that are uninsured or underinsured, persons that don't speak English, persons that are undocumented, members of the LGBTQIA community, low-income individuals, prisoners, people that are disabled, people in low- or middle-income countries, and people that live in rural settings. This bias in research means that as clinicians, our evidence-based practice is often rooted in evidence that only reflects the biology, experiences, and preferences of a small portion of our society. Biased research limits our ability to provide patient-centered and equitable care for all. We have structured this review in a way to drive you to become more aware of this bias in research to help you consider the impact of this bias as you apply research to your clinical practice with diverse communities. So today's article is going to be the June 2021 article by Deb Doherty. The title of this article is Differences in Health-Related Quality of Life and Health Behaviors Among Lesbian, Bisexual, and Heterosexual Women Surviving Cancer from the 2013 to 2018 National Health Interview Survey. The journal of this article is from the LGBT Health Journal. The overview of this article is as followed. Health-related quality of life and behaviors, health behaviors contribute to cancer, morbidity, and morality, which are elevated in lesbian and bisexual women. The purpose of the study was to assess the differences in health-related quality of life and health behaviors between heterosexual and lesbian women and heterosexual women and bisexual women cancer survivors. 2013 to 2018 National Health Interview Survey data was utilized. 
health-related quality of life comprised physical, mental, financial, and social health domains. Health behaviors included tobacco and alcohol use, physical activity, and preventative health care. The sample included 10,830 heterosexual, 141 lesbian, and 95 bisexual cancer survivors. Lesbian women reported higher odds of fair-slash-poor self-related health, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and health conditions than heterosexual women. Bisexual women reported higher odds of severe psychological distress, health conditions, and food insecurity than heterosexual women. For health behaviors, lesbian women reported greater odds of current and former tobacco use, and bisexual women had lower odds of a recent mammogram than heterosexual women. Lesbian and bisexual women cancer survivors reported disparities in health-related quality of life and behaviors. In cancer care settings, identification of lesbian and bisexual patients requiring physical and mental health promotion, financial services, and supported tobacco secession may improve health and survival. Demographics, the majority of the participants were non-Hispanic white. Both lesbian and bisexual women were younger and had different marital statuses than heterosexual women. Lesbian women were more educated and more likely to be employed than heterosexual women. Bisexual women were more likely to be uninsured and less likely to report breast cancer diagnoses than heterosexual women. However, they reported more cervical cancer diagnoses. So some limitations of the study as stated by the reviewer, the authors were quite comprehensive in their identification of study limitations. The recognition of limitations is the first step in changing the landscape and environment of cancer care for lesbian and bisexual women. Future research as stated in the research article, screening for sexual orientation in the cancer setting is critical for identifying lesbian and bisexual women who may be at risk for poor health and during treatment and survivorship. Unfortunately, physicians do not regularly ask about sexual orientation and LGBTQIA plus people report feeling unwelcome when assessing health care. Routine assessment of sexual orientation may strengthen the patient-clinician relationship, create a safe environment for healthcare discussions, and foster healthy behaviors. Inclusive intake forms help standardize sexual orientation and gender identity assessment. Because a majority of oncologists do not feel competent to treat LGBTQIA patients and sexual minority patients who do not have an LGBTQIA competent oncologist report higher rates of stress and they recommend that oncology practices implement mandatory testing slash training in LGBTQIA competence. The psychological distress reported by bisexual women, cancer survivor warrants attention. Prolonged distress can negatively affect health behaviors, gene and immune function, chronic inflammation, tumor progression, and survival. Bisexual women's disparate distress after cancer diagnosis may be complicated by minority stress, which is associated with worse physical health and participation in health-related behaviors. Although existing support services may facilitate minority stress, resilience and involvement of social support, for example, partners, 
family, and friends may protect LGBTQIA plus individuals in the cancer setting, especially for lesbian women, development and testing of culturally congruent interventions to foster resiliency and facilitate smoking secession are warranted. Finally, a process, processes for screening patients for in, food insecurity and connecting food insecure women to welcoming and accessible food providers are also critical intervention opportunities. Primary care clinicians have established community partnerships to increase food access for food insecure patients. Similar solutions may be implemented in the cancer clinic. For future research, as stated by the reviewer, the authors are very transparent and comprehensive in their evaluation of future research needed. However, future research needs to focus on education to medical professionals, not just oncologists, is essential to provide true patient-centered care. As with other medically underdeserved populations, it is the responsibility of healthcare professions and healthcare organizations to be deliberate in advocating for and in reaching out to this individual to provide more equitable healthcare. Measurement tools for distress, health-related quality of life, and more need to be validated in this population. Culturally appropriate measurement tools and educational handouts need to be developed to provide the best cancer care. Some com comments and last clinical application by the reviewer. This information was very helpful to identifying specific areas for concern for the population of lesbian and bisexual women. This provides a very helpful list of concerns that can be immediately dealt with during evaluation through measurement tools and subjective interviewing. Providing valid and reliable measurement tools for mental or psychosocial distress, including distress, perceived stress, anxiety, and depression, as well as lifestyle behaviors and quality of life surveys are essential for this population. There are not a lot of tools that have been validated for this population, so other tools can be used initially. Hopefully this may encourage therapists to work to validate tools for this population. In this discussion, they decided that lesbian women are more likely to report COPD and both lesbian and bisexual women are more likely to report heart conditions, pulmonary diseases, and cardiovascular diseases, risk factors, including tobacco use, risky alcohol use, and obesity. They also discussed that worse mental health was associated with younger age and lower socioeconomic status in lesbian and bisexual women. Bisexual women also have a higher incidence of traumatic events in their life lives, including domestic violence, childhood abuse, sexual assault, and stalking. They face biphobia from the general society and within the LGBTQIA community, increasing their risk for psychological distress. All of this information is extremely valuable to physical therapists. It provide, provides a framework for educating to prevent cancer through lifestyle behaviors. Measurement tools can be used to identify some of the psychological stressors leading to an immediate referral to a social worker or a psychologist for counseling. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. And if you have comments or discussion on this topic, please use our list serve to start a discussion. We would love to talk to you more about this. Thank you so much. Have a great day.